Welcome to Camdeners, the official podcast for the Camden Clean Air Initiative with me, Jeffrey Young. In this podcast series, we get to know and discover the lives of Camdeners, those special individuals shaping the unique and vibrant culture of the borough of Camden. I'm here today with Christoph Dormke, who's the Senior Director at FTI Consulting, the lead for clean and smart mobility. Christoph will be sharing his extensive technical knowledge and give us an insight into the future of transport in the borough of Camden. We'll be exploring the latest developments in battery technology, the future of car ownership, the projected rise of electric vehicles, and how all these innovations will positively impact the quality of living in Camden. Welcome, Christoph. Thanks very much, Jeff. I appreciate it. Well, great to have you here. Um, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you came from, and um, yeah, why you came to London as well. Um, yeah, so my background is actually uh, German, um, originally been in Germany. Um, I've been here since 2007, um, worked in various companies closely associated with sustainability and clean energy. It was always a topic that interested me uh, quite a lot. Uh, and I'm, as you said beforehand, now um, senior director at FDI, and I focus on my, on my private time, but also my business time quite a lot on how can we change the environment, how can we focus more on sustainability, helping a lot of clients in that transition. And so you're living in the, within the borough of Camden, Belsize Park, I believe? Yes, that's true. Nice leafy neighborhood to spend your Very time much. in. And, and tell us a little bit about your role at, at FDI. You know, what, what, what's the day-to-day look like? So I'm responsible with my team for um, various kind of technologies um, uh, in connection with with our clients. I'm particularly responsible for Europe or the EMEA market and the US. And we're advising a lot of clients that come from the energy side, the utilities, a lot of clients on financial services, automotive, manufacturers, suppliers. They really want to move into the sustainable environment, electric vehicles, self-driving vehicles. So how can they accomplish that? How can they stake um, a place in the future value chain uh, when you look at those new technologies? Right. Well, we'd love to, you know, one of the ambitions of the Camden Clean Air initiatives is to see if we can make uh, the borough of Camden a, you know, a center of excellence for uh, green technologies and and um, especially clean air and, and, and being a place, a workplace um, of, of sort of tech for the green sector. How, how important is sustainability becoming in the world of sort of energy, in the big world of energy. Um, so sustainability seems to be a much bigger I- issue when it comes to the, the topics of, 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 of energy. I think it does across the board. And we see a lot of um, leading companies now moving into the space. Um, they openly say sustainability is an important issue. If you look at the transportation side, energy consumption makes a big part um, um, of that place. And if you look at Overall, carbon dioxide emissions, CO2 emissions, transportation field alone, 20 to 25%. So it's not good. People recognize, not least down to COVID, but also beforehand, that we need to do something about the environment and we need to invest in in future generations. So that's, I think, why the topic is very, very important. We see a lot of investments companies making in this this field. And and, and what made you choose sustainability as a, you know, as a career? That's a that's a very good question. So um, I always had an affinity towards my environment. I, I grew up in, in a very leafy neighborhood, um, um, which had a lot of forests and lakes, a lot of animals around. So I always had a close affinity to the environment. But also I thought, 
when I moved into this space 13, 14 years ago, is a big growth area. Um, it wasn't really popular at that time. It changed since then quite a lot. And I thought, let's move into this space. It would be good for, for the environment. It would be good for future development. It would be good for my career. So um, I think that made me, made me choose that career path. Okay. Now, now, with your sort of title, the lead uh, for clean and smart mobility, um, what, does, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, I think clean and smart mobility, it's, um, it, it's a very wide-ranging area. And of course, as the name said, clean mobility focuses on, on all the alternative uh, powertrain technologies. So um, the engines that we fit to vehicles going forward, is it petrol, is it diesel? But in the future, is it battery electric? Is it potentially hydrogen? What about charging infrastructure? Um, so this is one element. But then also the smart element is all the other technologies surrounding that. Because if you look forward, we will see self-driving vehicles. We will see connected uh, vehicles that are connected to mobile phones, the environments, to other vehicles, but also the area of Micromobility, so car and ride sharing schemes such as Uber or Via Van or Lyft or car subscription models where you don't own a vehicle but just to subscribe to it and can choose different vehicles per month or per year based on your subscription model, like a mobile phone. What do you think are some of the, the things we're going to see? You know, I, mean, I wonder if you could paint us a picture of how Camden could look three years from now, five years ago, from now, 10 years from now, what, what, what will the transport infrastructure look like? What, what, you know, from a clean and, and smart technology uh, point of view, how, what, what, what are we going to see? I think it's good. probably the most straightforward thing is um, likely we will see more electric vehicles on the road. I think we have seen already over the last couple of years, but we will see more going forward because they, those will become more affordable. People get more interested in this. There's societal acceptance. I think there's one important point. I think if you look at the next five or 10 years time, we will definitely see autonomous vehicles. Uh, that's going to start in certain areas. So vehicles where you don't have a driver um, that drive you from point A to B. I think this is another interesting factor that will revolutionary. Uh, another important point is, of course, going forward, what's going to happen, for example, with, with car parks in, a, in an environment where you have autonomous vehicles, also electric vehicles, is a question. Do we still need car parks? Because in a self-driving environment, the car is being driven all the time. Um, the car is only not driven if it's serviced and maintained. So the question is, do you still need car parks? If you don't, what's, what's happening with those properties? Do you repurpose them? Do you put 5G infrastructure in there? Do you put um, EV charging in those places? So I think all very, very important implications going forward. Well, so I, didn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't actually thought of that. So you think that autonomous vehicles or self-driving vehicles are, uh, are going to be commonplace within five or 10 years or just sort of still at that trial phase? I think more realistic to say is probably trial phase, yep. um, larger trials, uh, particularly in the US and in certain places um, in Europe. I think we will probably see them on a larger scale in the 2030s, um, in particularly in inner city areas where there's a lot of demand. Um, areas outside, like rural areas, there's also, of course, a lot of demand. But um, I think from a from a business point of view, business model point of view makes less sense. So I think there is a concern from a lot of people that we will see um, a big divide between inner city areas and rural areas in terms of new business concept and technology. So I think there's definitely the concern that needs to be addressed. Okay. So obviously um, Camden has one of its uh, biggest uh, employers or, you know, almost high profile companies, Google, um, you know, based in, you know, in the King Cross development. And, uh, and I think um, they've certainly got plans for autonomous vehicles. Yes. And do you, you know, do you think um, that, 
you know, the autonomous vehicles are going to come from a big tech company like that or are there other um, businesses out there with plans to do? I think you mentioned Google and it's quite a coincidence. So if you look at all the companies that are that are operating in this field, of course, there's a lot of startups, technology firms, they're the big automotive manufacturers, the suppliers and the household names from Ford, Daimler, Bosch, they all have a heavy stake in this investing in it. But if you look, if you single out one company that is probably the most advanced in this space, is actually a company called Waymo. And coincidentally, this company is part of Google. So Google owns it. It's, it's an, uh, the autonomous vehicle arm of Google. Uh, of their sister company Alphabet. It's now self-funded. Um, they are the most advanced in self-driving vehicles. They have already trials and a commercial service running in Phoenix. Um, they're also quite heavily invested in autonomous trucks, another big growth area going forward. Um, but yeah, um, you have so much sector conversions. It's coming from everywhere. Companies are so interested in this space. It's not the traditional OEMs, but as I said before, a lot of companies from the energy field, financial services, startups, technology firms, they all want a piece of this very attractive and growing market. And what about a, a, a business like Tesla? What could we expect to see from them going forward? I think I think you should probably go back. I think what we have seen in the past is also quite spectacular because a lot of people didn't believe in electric vehicles in the past. And I think we had a very visionary guy with Elon Musk that, that focused on this area against all the, the headwinds and uh, against all the issues that were facing in the past with electric vehicles, he pushed ahead, and I think he changed an entire um, an entire sector in this field. Now, of course, Tesla is very much known for their vehicles in the car space, but what they're also doing is they're venturing out into um, roadsters in the future. They're venturing in, out into semi trucks, so which is the heavy trucks, uh, where they're quite quite active. Potentially, see someone on on the van front as well. So, of course, this is a company that you need to watch if you look at the market capital now, if you look at the other areas that are venturing in, but Tesla is certainly a company to watch uh, continuing going forward. Yeah, I, I did notice um, j just outside our, our studio, actually, there was a, a, a parcel delivery from, um, I think it was UPS, actually, and it was an electric vehicle. And I thought, wow, that's a that's a really huge vehicle. And, and then that one's powered by, by electricity. So is, you know, and again, if I look at um, many streets of Camden, you know, there, there are cars, but there are also a lot of um, vans and vehicles. Um, I mean, are we realistically going to see electric um, vans and vehicles all over Camden in the next five to 10 years? Yes, you already see that now. And you'll see that increasing over the next couple of years, because I think one of the the key issues is facing with electrification is, is of course, particularly in this segment, is model availability. So the technology is there, the costs are decreasing, but we need to have a lot of manufacturers out there that deliver models. And um, we have up-and-coming players like Rivian, big investment quite recently from Amazon. There's a company in the US called Workhorse. There's an interesting company in the UK called Arrival with big investment from, from UPS. But also Ford, as the leading uh, manufacturing commercial vehicles in Europe, are actually coincidentally tomorrow launching their first uh, electric um, van or electric commercial vehicles. I think... We're talking about cars, we're talking about trucks, we're talking about buses. I think buses and cars, very good for electrification, but I think the hottest segment out there is definitely vans and light commercial vehicles um, because you can assume in a COVID environment, more people work from home. Um, we will have um, uh, more deliveries needed, more handymen needed. So there's a big demand and particularly for inner city areas with stricter regulations such as London, electric vehicle is, is the future, is the way forward. So this is a massively big, big growth area. Wow. Yeah. So all those white vans roaming around the borough of Camden, um, w can't wait till they're all electrified. 
Absolutely. And as well, that, that, that is happening now already. Um, and that will happen uh, uh, more over the next couple of years. So you will likely see that happening on, on a large scale. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and of course, there's the thousands, thousands of Amazon delivery guys out there as well. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's a big fleet to, to electrify. Is there any, um, are you aware of any, any um, of Amazon doing sort of electric vehicle deliveries or is it at this stage of? Yeah, so um, as I mentioned before, I think LM, um, Amazon is probably a, a key player in this field because of the market position that they're having. I think there's a key drive to electrify the last mile delivery. Um, so it's um, delivery from um, the last mile, as the name says, towards delivery. Um, this is a key part, particularly with Vans. They invest in a very attractive company called Rivian. has a big billion-dollar market capitalization now. Um, they're also testing... Um, a lot of other vehicles from different uh, manufacturers at the moment. Um, so this is big. Another company I mentioned before is quite attractive as a rival um, that is working quite closely with uh, with UPS. There's another company called Changi. Um, so there, there are various different ones uh, popping up. But of course, um, I think the big customers are the fleets. So Amazon, the UPSs, um, uh, the big fleets also include, for example, Europe Car, the heads of this world. Um, because I think one trend that we're seeing clearly is individual drivers are important, but fleets become much more important because um, they can save a lot of costs. They can adopt a, new, a new, lot of the new technologies uh, quite quicker. So fleet customers that order tens of thousands of vehicles are very, very important going forward. Well, yeah, I, I guess our role here at Camden Clean Air is to identify those fleets and, and see if they can make Camden as a priority uh, borough for, for electrification. Yes, and I think it is already a borough, just given the fact that it's so central and there's a lot of freight going back and forth through the city areas. Uh, I think it's also quite central because there's a lot of tourism here. Um, so I think this is a prime candidate for, for a lot of the new technologies going forward. What are going to be some of the um, barriers to these technologies um, you know, actually achieving? I think electric vehicles is a good example. I think there are still hesitations from a lot of people um, to move to an electric vehicle. I think cost is one issue because a lot of the electric vehicles, Tesla as an example, are premium electric vehicles, so they cost more. Um, people are still concerned about range. So can I get everywhere with an electric vehicle without getting stuck somewhere or without the battery being empty and I can't continue uh, on, on my path to my, my destination? Uh, I think... A lot of issues concerning resale value of the electric vehicles that hasn't been tested when you want to get rid of your vehicles. So that hasn't been really determined. So that's another big, big concern. Um, and then what can actually be done? I think important in terms of driving this forward is, of course, so excited acceptance. So can we see ourselves driving electric vehicles? And more and more people would definitely say yes. And we've worked with a lot of companies in the space. We worked with a lot of um, of the customers in this space. And the common opinion is once you had an electric vehicle, you will never go back. I think that's an opinion we hear over and over again. I think central to the whole construct is what government or, or local policies are, particularly when you look at tax, subsidies, uh, incentives. They are a key driver in adoption of new technologies going forward. And we have the fortunate situation here in the UK and with the London environment, there's, there's quite strict regulations in terms of moving over to electric vehicles and also good um, subsidies and tax schemes and most importantly a policy in place that by 2040 we're phasing out all internal combustion engine vehicles so diesel and petrol 
there's a discussion to moving that forward to 2035. So it's a big driver to to adoption of new technologies. Uh, my next car will definitely be <laughs> um, <laughs> electric for sure. Um, if I ever buy another car again, <laughs> what do you think the the sort of future attitudes are going to be towards owning vehicles for the average consumers? I, I think it's a very good question. I think that we hear at the moment quite a lot from from. Uh, people, I think the trend has been a lot of the in a lot of the major markets around the world that we see a, a trend of people owning less and less vehicles. I think that has been declining. Overall, in the world is still increasing because we have a lot of developing developing countries. But I think the attitudes towards people in the mature market is that we want to own less vehicles because it's not good for the environment. It costs us money. Do we really need it? Um, I think COVID has slowed that trend a little bit and people have really thought over the last couple of months, do we want to buy our own vehicles? A lot of people would answer that with yes, because do we trust um, car and ride-sharing companies to sanitize their vehicle? Can we go into it? So let's say medium to long-term, less vehicle ownership. We see particularly in the UK, a lot of the young people's, 18 to 22 year olds not going for driver's licenses anymore. They do not want to own a vehicle. They have everything that they that they want. They care about the environment. So an important point to consider for a lot of the, the car selling companies, of course, in the world. Yeah. And I would say that sort of um, the lack of maybe future demand for actually owning vehicles will have big implications on sort of property developments as well. You know, I mean, will, you know, big apartment blocks require parking spaces anymore? What, what do you think there? Absolutely. And that's the question, do they really need it? The question is also, um, do they need EV charging? Most likely, yes, because if you see a lot of the new property buildings being being built, they all have EV charging integrated in their garages. Um, important for an OEM is, um, and this is a critical point probably in, in the overall discussion, is that the vehicle or the chassis in itself becomes less and less important. And as an OEM, you make less and less money uh, from that. Important in the future are services and solutions you offer around that vehicle, whether it's connected to lighters or sensors or cameras or connected devices. Um, they're all very important. That's how you make the money. But the vehicle in itself, the chassis, becomes less and less important. And that maybe explains why some of the technology companies, even though they have the money, haven't bought any OEMs or automotive manufacturers uh, in the past because they know that the future is not the vehicle itself. It's a su surrounding environment with all the services. That's where you make the money and that's where you play in the future. Oh, yeah. So the, so the, the real value is in the software and the Correct. services that you create around that software. And the solution and the business concepts rather than the vehicle and the chassis in itself. I'd love to just get a little bit more um, insight into the, the sort of like the developments in battery technology. I mean, you know, you know, implications for, um, you know, households, businesses in Camden. Now, I understand that sort of, you know, I mean, there's sort of batteries for cars. Um, we're going to see as well sort of battery storage, um, you know, of electricity uh, so that we can use more green electricity. I mean, what, what, what's the, what are the trends in battery technology that we should be looking out for? Yeah, I think uh, key trends, are, of course, that our batteries are more widely available, particularly now for the car and the bus segments. I think Trucks is a big trend going forward, but I think there's a general rule, the more, the heavier the vehicle, the more difficult to electrify. So that's the holy grail of the industry. So we probably see in the future one or two megawatt batteries um, in the next couple of years where you can charge a heavy truck within 30 minutes because charging time is important for, for a freight operator. I think important overall is costs are coming down which is also driving the prices, of course, for electric vehicles, with batteries being an important uh, important component. 
I think the challenging item, again, coming back to the point of, of trucks is, particularly heavy vehicles, is the weight. If you put a very, very uh, heavy um, battery on a truck, it cuts into your payload and you make less money. And we're talking about weight. At the moment for a heavy truck, a battery is roughly five tons. So that's several Golf, Volkswagen Golf vehicles. So no one is investing in a, in a battery electric vehicle if it cuts into your payload um, because you don't make money as a freight operator. So this is something important. I think another important trend is, of course, going forward, um, we have vehicle to grid uh, availabilities where you can give uh, electricity at a certain point, most likely during the, during the night, uh, back, to, back to your home so you can have interchanging links between your home and your vehicle. Um, I think home charging is important, of course. Charging at your job is another important point. Um, and also, I think uh, critical going forward is what kind of other battery technologies do we see? At the moment, lithium-iron batteries are, of course, quite common and quite important. But in the future, we will likely have revolutionary technologies that will involve solid-state batteries. So there's a lot of companies that are doing research in this space. And, of course, this will have an effect on charging times, but also on um, um, applicability. So it's another important point to watch out for. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. Any other new technologies that we should look out for, you know, when it comes to transport, smart technologies, any anything? I mean, there's there's other forms of transport as well, like scooters, electric bikes. What, what, what do you see on the horizon there? I think this is a, a super interesting trend where we've seen a lot of uh, companies moving into this space. This is Lime or is it Tier Mobility? And I think London in the past has been a, a prime candidate because if you want to go from A to B and if you want to tackle congestion, the best way you can do it is actually with bicycles, um, for particularly smaller roads. Um, so this is a big trend. Unfortunately, what has happened in the in the wider clean and smart mobility space is, of course, COVID, which has really boosted some of the trends, but also has negatively affected some of those in the market. So car and ride sharing schemes, Uber type like, have been negatively impacted because a lot of people do not trust getting in a vehicle. You don't know has been in there beforehand. Has it been sanitized? The same is true also for um, public micro mobility, so public e-bikes and e-scooters. Who has touched the handle? If I wanted to, to to rent a bicycle, so people have have been very hesitant. On the other hand, I think we have seen in this environment um, a more a bigger move towards alternative powertrain vehicles, particularly electric vehicles, because people are more concerned about safety, security, the environment. The trend has been there before COVID, has even been more accentuated during COVID. So electric vehicle is a big growth area. And also self-driving autonomous is another big, big growth area, more investment than that, particularly in the, in the um, heavy goods side or commercial vehicle side. Because if you think about the industry in contrast to passenger cars, where it's all about costs, um, People are living with it. They're individual drivers who own um, a truck. So the best way to save costs is actually going forward to get rid of a driver because it's the biggest expense. So autonomous vehicle can tackle that. So this is a big growth area for a lot of companies as well, probably even more than alternative powertrain taken together. So this is, a, of course, another big, big one to watch out for. Another one very relevant if you look at transporting goods in the future is, of course, drones. We all talk about drones of course, from a regulatory point of view, it's difficult still to tackle and a lot of restriction attached to it. But think about in the future when you have drones delivering goods and packages to your home door. Um, think about ground transportation robots that roll off warehouses or off vans and for, for last mile delivery, deliver your goods. So I think this is something interestingly to watch out for as well. And there are certain boroughs in London who are actually testing this at the moment. Ah, that would be fascinating if we could get some uh, 
some of that um, high tech coming into Camden pretty soon. And on a personal note, what would you like? What kind of change and positive change would you like to see within the borough of Camden, you know, especially when it comes to sort of green tech or, or I think for me, all kinds of tech that focuses on, on improving air quality, reducing congestion, um, reducing waste, um, focusing on more recycling, um, focusing on doing something for the parks, greener parks that we have in this beautiful uh, borough here. I think this is always welcome. So whether it means more more electric vehicles or um, whether it means less congestions, new technology that focus on less vehicles on the road, uh, more micro-mobility services out there. Um, I think this is something I, I would love to see. Um, and um, I hope that there will be many more people that that, that see it like, like we both do. I know you're very passionate about this too. Um, and I think there will. But I think all kinds of technology that tackle those, those important issues are, are quite relevant. And what do you like most about living in Camden? The people, um, the parks. It's great for families. Um, it's such a central borough as well. Um, I think it's closely connected to um, to everything. And I think I like a lot of the coffee culture. So I think the great coffee is around here uh, where you can meet people and discuss uh, important things uh, for that. So I think this is, this is for me, an ideal borough in London to live. Uh, tackles all the, the right boxes. Definitely one of um, London's most vibrant uh, boroughs to live in, and I, I love it too. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Christoph, for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time to be with us here for Camdeners. Thanks very much, Jeff. Thanks for the invitation. That's it for Camdeners. If you'd like more information, please see the links below. This podcast was recorded at Serendipity Studios in Arlington Road, Camden, for the Camden Clean Air Initiative. Town, you can